Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy, happy, happy you are listening. Well, there's been a lot of talk about, at least on Twitter, I guess, about how what we're facing in America could be and is likely a good versus evil kind of situation. Um, there are just, they're, they're almost, the, the, the forces that are at odds are almost unexplainable. I mean, to the point where you have to kind of scratch your head and say, this is, I mean, forget about logic and rationality. I mean, there is just, you know, completely insane people promoting insane ideas. And ideas are powerful. Ideas drive uh, culture. They drive uh, policy. So the way bad policies get started is bad ideas are, are dreamed up in somebody's head. And then either they lobby the powerful people or the powerful people themselves have these crazy ideas and they put them into action. And so I wanted to just contrast a couple of different people um, that are, that are talking ideas and, and, you know, really kind of dig into what they're saying. Uh, now one of them is kind of an unknown lady. I don't, I don't know who this person is, but she's on Twitter and there's a lot of people saying crazy things on Twitter, but what she's saying is, uh, basically along the lines of what, uh, other people are saying, or the, the, the official policy around transgenderism and um, cisgender, just gender, um, uh, what's, the, what's the term? Just gender studies ideas, uh, the idea that there's gender fluidity. I mean, these are these are very bizarre ideas, and it's like, where do these come from? How do people, like, like for me, I'm really interested in how does someone get convinced of these ideas? Like, you're going to listen to this woman in a second, and she's very well spoken. I mean, she speaks better than I do, right? She's not saying, uh, 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 and, you know, and stuff like that. She's, she's got a coherent rhythm to what she's communicating, but what's coming out of her mouth is just, in my opinion, complete nonsense. And I just want to contrast, I'm going to play a little bit of her, break in here and there, and then I'm going to play a little bit of Jason Whitlock later. And, you know, somebody, Jason Whitlock, for those of you who don't know, he's, he's a sports, he's in the sports business, he's been on ESPN and Fox Sports and places like that, but he's a he's a very 
uh, I would say, a very good Christian person, okay? He's a very spiritual person. And there are some people that think that that's nonsense, okay? That it's nonsense to believe in uh, some all-powerful, omniscient um, being, spiritual being. But one of the things you learn in Christianity is that is that if you don't believe in God, you will believe in something, because we were we are made, we are made with like this void. And some people, it's drugs and alcohol and addiction. That that's their god, right? Other people, it's the government. That's their god. Um, some people, it's race and gender, like like this person that's going to speak. They're so consumed with that and that's that becomes the guiding direction in their life and so what i want to do is i just want to compare like if you were somebody who's an atheist um you might think both of these people are crazy okay in other words you might you might say well jason whitlock is crazy bill maher for example would say this Jason Whitlock is crazy for bl- believing in, and this is Bill Bill Maher's words, um, uh, a, you know, Jesus in the sky. That's the way he would make fun of it and mock it. But people like Bill Maher think what this woman is saying is also very crazy. So what I wonder sometimes is if 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 I'm someone like Bill Maher, and Bill Maher is the the person I'm really interested in. And I, and I can't talk to Bill Maher, but, but what I would ask him and what I'd love to know is given these two types of worldview, and we're going to play them here in a second, what, which one does Bill Maher think is more reasonable? Um, now, he may, he may say, well, neither one of these are reasonable. But I, I'm, not, I'm just looking for a degree of reason, like which one is more uh, on a scale of reason, not which one is more accurate or anything like that, but which one is more reasonable. And so I want to play this. And so the reason I, the reason I kind of situate this whole thing with Bill Maher is because I want you to think about, uh, if you would, just what, what the average person has got to be thinking when they hear stuff like this. Even even if they don't believe in God. Okay, so think about that. You know, one of the reasons why cis people think they're real or natural or the default is because they've fallen into the trap of the myth of white supremacy. Yup, they're connected. So if you think things like trans women aren't women, or if you call people trans but then refuse to call yourself cis, if you're cis, that means that you have been influenced by one of the original influencers, the siblings, the twin siblings of colonialism and the myth of white supremacy. Okay, so this is going to require, that was a very short clip, but it's going to require some definitions. A cis person, as I understand it, is like a a heterosexual person. Uh, A person who's not gay, who doesn't think of themselves as a woman or a man, if they're a uh, man, you know, you don't think of yourself as the opposite sex. You just think of yourself as your sex. That's a cis person. Now, her her logic is if you don't um, acknowledge 
transgender people and or you refuse to call yourself cis if you're cis. So, for example, I would have to call myself cis. And if I don't call myself cis, I somehow suffer from these twin myths of white supremacy and colonialism. <laughs> what the hell is that? That, that is a, that's just a word salad. It means nothing. First of all, if I simply refuse to call myself something, that doesn't automatically make me something else or believe in something or belong to a particular group. I mean, that's what she's saying. She's saying if you refuse to call yourself cis, well, then you are suffering from this twin myth of uh, white supremacy and colonialism. Says who? I mean, what, what is that? Why? How can you just declare? I mean, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. I'm not the best analogy person, but that would be like saying, because I don't believe in public schools, I suffer from... Uh, some affliction that makes me want everybody to be uneducated or something like that. I mean, that's probably not the best analogy, but that's just, that's really absurd. If you refuse to call yourself cis, I mean, really what we're just talking about is what do, what do men and women call themselves? You know, men call themselves he and him and women call themselves her and she, you know, we don't run around and, refer to ourselves as cis, you know, we're human beings. We're just men and women. And she somehow thinks that if you just refuse to acknowledge this made-up reality in their head, that you're basically suffering from the twin myths, whatever that means. Is white supremacy a myth? I mean, I say it is. I say there is no white supremacy in the 20th century. None. Um, I don't see uh, colonialism, not in our country. <laughs> I don't. I don't. In, in fact, you you see very very little colonialism around the world today. Um, I mean, America started off as a colony, so. You know, by her definition, and I'm, she's, her definition is that colonialism is bad. So we, we suffered, America suffered under colonialism. So aren't we a victim also? They talk about it like they've discovered fire. I mean, and it's ridiculous. Um, and to me, it's a religion. They're, they believe deeply in these, in these ideas. And, and look, I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. But you can't, if I refuse to worship your transgender God, you can't run around and call me an evil person or a colonialist or a white supremacist. I mean, these things, these words have meaning and you're throwing around these pejoratives, um, you know, and, and scapegoating people. And look, I just want you to listen to Jason Whitlock here in a second. That's not what Christians do, okay? Not even close. 
And those twin influencer siblings get paid by capitalism to influence. They have literally influenced you to believe that there is a version of a man and a woman that is more human than all the other versions. Sound familiar? Yep. White dominant culture, colonialism, capitalism, they've been working real hard on us. Remember, just like with any influencer trend that is toxic, we don't have to believe it and we don't have to follow it. And in fact, we can even point out the ludicrousness and make it completely obsolete. I'm really struggling to follow the logic of this person, but she's saying that these twin sibling uh, colonialism and white supremacy influencers get paid by capitalism. So I, I guess what she's saying is people that believe in white supremacy and colonialism are, are influencers. They influence the culture and they get paid by capitalism. Well, technically everybody uh, that doesn't work for the government is somehow paid by capitalism, right? Capitalism is just the free market plus capital that increases our productivity. Now the government technically doesn't get paid by capitalism. The government, people that work for the government get paid by uh, taxes, which is, you know, in my opinion, is theft. They steal from the public and then fund all their programs. But then she goes on to say, hey, we don't have to believe in this stuff. We can just ignore it. And we can also point out the ludicrousness of it. I mean, if that's not the pot calling the kettle black, let me, let me say here too, that it's not, it's not good enough uh, for these people to just do their thing. They really want to be accepted by this, quote-unquote, white supremacist and colonialist culture, whatever that is. I mean, colonialism doesn't exist in America. But what these people want you to believe is that our culture today is, was, was built up on the bedrock of colonialism and white supremacy. I mean, were there white supremacists in the past yeah, of course, there's some today. But I bet if you I bet if you went and you looked for white supremacists, you wouldn't find 5,000 of them in the whole country. I mean, it's just it's just non-existent. People just don't think this way. And yet you have people like this woman constantly clubbing people over the head with these ideas that aren't even true so they can promote their ideas, the, the thing that they worship. And, you know, it, it's, it, again, it's not enough for them to just have their thing. You know, just do your thing and leave the rest of us alone. They need to force it on us. They need to make sure that children are exposed to it in schools. They need to make sure that um, uh, there's policies within the government. Remember, the government steals our money, right, through taxes. And then these people, through their advocacy, uh, use the government to force the rest of us to believe it, to beat us over the head with these ideas that we think are stupid and they're not founded in any kind of history or tradition in America. I dare say any culture in the world, this is some sort of 
um, this is a, a complete contrivance by a group of a very small group of people. And you know, again, if you're if you're Bill Maher, is this the kind of thing that's going to promote a healthy culture where we all have to live together? I don't know. I don't think so. So now let's switch over to Jason Whitlock and see what that sounds like. I sit and look at Tucker Carlson, and I've been coming on his show, it seems like, for eight, nine years. I don't even know how long the show's, but I was living out in Los Angeles. I was coming on his show. I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a long time. And I've watched Tucker Carlson get closer and closer to God and get closer and closer to understanding what's at the heart of what's going on in America. There's a spiritual war going on, good versus evil. You might recall that uh, that speech that we played the other night uh, that Tucker Carlson gave, he, he talked about the evidence. Like, what is the evidence that your policies are good or are evil? And he mentioned things that good was, you know, human flourishing. It was, it was health. It was cleanliness. It was, you know, certain things like that, prosperity. Uh, things like that. And he mentioned things that were evil or, you know, uh, drug addiction and filth and uh, violence and, you know, things like this. And so if you're looking at, you know, what what is it people are believing in? What is it? What's driving uh, their behavior? And you know, it's really hard to explain outside of this kind of good versus evil dichotomy. I mean, try to just think of yourself as like a a five-year-old. And look, five-year-old boys dress up in their mom's clothes sometimes. That happens. But they're confused. They, they're around their mom a lot. They, but that doesn't mean they want to be a little girl. And their parents just automatically jump to that and indulge them in what's likely kind of some sort of passing fancy. I mean, as soon as they hit puberty, (laughs) of course, most of them are taking puberty blockers. But a lot of these people are not uh, happy, uh, quote unquote, transitioning. But what I'm more concerned with is what kind of a parent, uh, what, what has... What does that person believe in? What does that individual believe in that would have them indulge their their children who aren't really don't don't understand these concepts, but indulge their children in such a drastic, permanent kind of surgery? I mean, that's gotta be the work of evil. There's no there's no rational behavior around that. There's no rational thinking around that. Um, there's situations where the, the husband and the wife completely disagree about this and divorce and break up the family. And, you know, I've, I've thought about it, you know, what, what I can't even imagine being married to such a psychotic person 
that would want to mutilate my kids. I mean, I would just scoop my kids up and leave the country. I mean, I would turn into a fugitive, I think. I mean, I just would not let that happen. There's no way I would let that happen. Um, if they turn 18 or 20 or whatever, I realize that, you know, the argument it was, that's too late. Well, too bad. You're not an adult. You know, uh, Dave Smith talks about this. Like, children don't have rights in the same way that you and I have rights. Their rights are kind of like in an escrow account, right? We're, we're holding them in reserve for them someday when they're old enough to understand what those rights are. You can't, you can't listen to a five-year-old who tells you that they think they're a little girl and then go, okay, well, let's take you to the hospital and whack that thing off and make a hole. And you, you can't do that. That's absurd. No rational, uh, and you know, I don't, no rational human being thinks that way. Okay. All adults, all adults that have kids anyway, should know that your child their brain is not fully even formed until they're in their 20s, mid-20s, some say. So how could they possibly have the cognitive wherewithal to choose something like this? And for their parents to indulge in that, indulge them in that, that's got to be some sort of work of evil. I mean, there's just no other, there's no other explanation in my mind. And so you know, I don't think it's, I just really just don't think it's that hard to come down on this, this good versus evil. And again, if you, if you don't believe in God and that's fine, if you don't believe in God, you don't believe in Jesus, you don't believe that any of that stuff happened 2000 years ago, that's fine. But just know that you'll, you'll end up believing in something because that's the way that's the way the human uh, constitution is made up. You're, you're, you're designed to believe in something. Now, here I'm using the word design, which, which infers, you know, uh, created in God's image or something like that. But, but what I'm saying is the, the, the nature of human beings is to believe in something. So you can believe in God or you can believe in something else, but you're going to believe in something because that's just kind of the way our, we're, we're made up. Um, so anyway, let's, let's continue to listen to Jason Whitlock. People promoting a satanic agenda that wants to sexualize your kids and wants drag queens at school and want to uh, mutilate kids' bodies. And he's a, he's a parent. He's, he's a man around the same age as me. And it's like, you start looking at it, and if you look at it objectively, you have no choice but to reach certain conclusions. Like, this is an attack on God. And what side am I going to be on? And I feel sorry for those of you that are in a position where you can't be on God's side because it's too upsetting to all of your personal relationships. It'll disrupt the brand you've spent your whole life believing in. Oh, some of your friends may not like you. 
I'm sorry. If you're that weak and your convictions are that weak and your faith that weak, that you would rather be on the devil's side than deal with the discomfort of admitting, hey, I was wrong. I've been thinking the wrong thing. I've been supporting the wrong group. In the previous clip, I, I, I really spoke a lot about why I thought I agreed with Jason Whitlock, but let me just try to give you a scenario. Let's say that uh, you were looking out your window and somebody just walked up. In fact, there's, there's actually a video of Twitter on this. There's a, there's a homeless guy sitting on the street and this black man walks up behind this homeless guy and he fiddles around with his pistol. The homeless guy's kind of out of it, right? Uh, he's sitting there. He's, I don't even think he knows that this black guy is behind him. He's a young black male and he's fiddling with this gun. And you're like, what is he doing? You know, you're sitting there watching this video and you're thinking to yourself, what is he doing? All of a sudden he pulls that gun up and shoots this guy in the head. Now, you know, that is shockingly anti-human. Okay. To me, what some of these parents are allowing to happen to their kids, it's just as shocking to me. Um, mutilating. Now, you may think, well, that's not mutilating. They're correcting, they're aligning their body with who they think they are inside. Look, if you think you're Superman, that doesn't mean you're Superman, okay? If you're if you're a man, if you if you have male parts and you think you're a woman, that doesn't make you a woman. Now, it 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 doesn't mean that you can't live as a woman. I mean, you can dress up and live as a woman, I guess. But what what's what's happening in our culture is a complete um, uh, co-opting of our children through these public institutions that are there for uh, education purposes. Now, look, this has been going on for a long time, a long time. I mean, your kids have been co-opted with their understanding of history, their understanding of government, their understanding of what government is. I mean, they've been, um, they've been propagandized for years, okay? But this is like a whole other level because... What this is, this is telling your children is that, uh, I mean, this is indulging in um, sexual type of conversation that they're just not ready for. I mean, if your five-year-old came home and told you that he had sex with another five-year-old, I mean, as a parent, wouldn't you be shocked? You'd be like, how do you even know? I mean, how do you even have sex as a five-year-old? So why do they need to be talking about sex to five-year-olds and six-year-olds and seven-year-olds? This is, this is just, they should be talking about what they're going to do at recess and what they're going to do in painting class and uh, what they're going to read. And, you know, of course, that's another subject, you know, what they're going to read. But there's, there's, there's advocacy going on at, all levels of government 
in a with a very small minority of people. I mean, we're talking like less than two or three percent of the population believes all this bullshit. Okay, but they have managed to hold sway over a tremendous majority of people in this country that, by the way, don't believe that. Okay, so we supposedly live in a democracy, right? Well, how is this possible that such a small minority can, you know, completely overwhelm the majority in this way? Well, it's a good versus evil thing, and there's not enough people on the good side. They're just not. The, the people on the evil side are more, more motivated. They're more committed to their cause. Uh, a lot of people on the good side, they just want to be left alone. They want to they want to live their life. The problem is these people aren't letting you live your life. They are interfering with your life. They are coercively interfering with what you believe and what you say that you want to, you want to, the way you want to carry out your life. It's not good enough to let you live your life the way you want to live it. They want you to live your life the way they want you to live it. And this is, this is evil. Anything, look, in my opinion, anything coercive is evil. Uh, we're human beings. We, we don't, violence doesn't solve anything. Uh, we work together by uh, reasoning and cooperation and volunteerism. We don't use violence. We don't, uh, anything that's coercive to me is anti-human being. And this is the way I think it's helpful to think about it. Uh, And it's evil. I'm I'm not saying it's the devil necessarily. I'm saying there are evil people. Look, go back and listen to the intro to Who Gets to Decide. One of the things I said is that this show would be about uh, about liberty and tyranny, and I and I said that the history of the world is is basically a story about those that want to be free and those that want to rule over those that want to be free. And what you're seeing in this very small motivated group, they want to rule over you. They want to rule over you, and they want you to believe what they believe. They want you to believe in their God. They don't believe in, um, uh, 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 you know, separation of church and state. Okay, they don't believe in that. They believe in what they believe in, and you have to believe it too, or you're a white supremacist and a colonialist. That's that's their opinion. And at some point, maybe this will happen, maybe it won't. But when people declare you to be something, eventually that ends badly. Uh, that ends in death camps and things like that. So it's not okay what these people are doing. It's just not okay. Tucker Carlson could sell out and keep taking every dime Fox News had. They would have paid that dude 50, 60, 70 million dollars a year. It appears from the outside like, now nah, he'd rather tell the truth. He'd rather face the persecution and have AOC and everybody else and Keith Overman and all the other idiots, all the other satanic idiots calling him names and calling him a white supremacist. He'd rather stand on that truth than just take the paycheck and submit. I respect the hell out of it. I respect that as well. And look, if you read enough history, 
you're going to find that history is loaded with people that stood on principles. What are principles? Well, the principle I'm trying to talk about here is the absence of coercion. Now, this is carefully disguised, okay? Uh, these people are running around acting like they're victims, and because other children aren't taught about their way of life, that that somehow increases their victimhood, and this is all just nonsense, okay? Children are in school to learn about history, about math, about art, okay? They're not in school to learn about somebody's weird sexual perversion, okay? That's not why they're in school. And, you know, we're, we're at, I mean, we really are at a crossroads. I mean, this has been going on for a, a while now. The, the, the schools have been getting more and more out of control. I, I, I used to talk, not on this program because I didn't have the program, but I used to, when my kids were in school, I used to talk about, there's a program for everybody. There's English as a second language. There's the kids that have, you know, that are diminished in some way. There's program for that. There's program for the really smart kids, you know, the AP classes, advanced placement. You know who's not getting served in these public schools? Your average child just trying to learn something so they can be somewhat prepared uh, for life. That, and, and, and the overwhelming majority of children that are in schools are, are in this average group, okay? They're not the, the English as a second language, okay? Although that could be changing, with all this border craziness, they're not, you know, the kids that have a diminished mental acuity, okay? That's not who they are. The average kids are, are just kids that, you know, some of them might go to college, some of them might not, but they're not getting served. Except in this weird, perverse area where, you know, these people that are advocating for this stuff have a loud voice and they're very active. Um, it's just, it's really, it's really something to see. Um, I mean, my personal opinion is if you've got children, you should take them out of the public school. You should figure out if you have to sell your house and move into a smaller house so that one of the parents can stay home with the kids and teach them, then you should do that. Because Otherwise, you're going to have kids that talk like this woman talks. They're going to, they're not going to be grounded in any kind of reality. And look, that woman is not going to be successful in the real world. I mean, about all she can do is go get a PhD or a master's and teach other idiots to think that way. That's all she's going to be able to do in the real world. Because the real world is, is made up of buyers and sellers, people that want stuff and people that have stuff. And if you don't, if you can't fit into that world, if you don't have, if you can't fit into that cog somewhere where you're, you're providing value for somebody that provides stuff to people that want stuff, you're not going to be very successful in this world. You're just not. And, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. But I, I think it's really starting to distill down into good versus evil. There's really no other way to, to explain 
the craziness that is going on in our society. And it's not, look, it's, you walk outside, you go to the grocery store, you don't see any of this craziness. It's in a very, very small sliver of our population. And yet it's dominating. It's dominating our political speech, you know, equity and transgenderism and LGBTQIA plus and all this bullshit. It's dominating our political discourse. And if you just go walk around, just walk around in your neighborhood, go to your grocery store, go to Lowe's, go to Home Depot, and just see if you see any of this in your neighborhood. And I, I, I challenge you, you you're not going to see it. The only, the only place you're going to see it is in this political discourse. And that's just, it's, it's just not normal. It's got to be evil. It's got to be, uh, it, it, certainly if there's a spectrum where evil's on one side and good is at the other side, it's got to be more on the evil side. I mean, that's just the way I feel about it. And I think someone like Bill Maher, even though I can't interview Bill Maher, I think he would believe the same thing. Uh, and that's somebody who doesn't necessarily believe in God. So, well, look, I hope you've, I hope, maybe I challenged you today. I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you like this whole transgenderism stuff and maybe I've given you something to think about. I don't know, but this is, the bottom line is it's not good for civil society and it's not good for liberty. And eventually it, it, it's, it's corrosive and eventually it will eat through whatever, um, whatever's undergirding our civil society. That's, that's how I feel about it. And, uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed the talk. I thank uh, Thank you for coming in. Um, uh, really appreciate you listening. I hope you can share the show with somebody else. And, uh, but as always come back, uh, come back and listen. And if you do, I'll be here tomorrow to do it all over again on who gets to decide. <laughs>